Thursday, January 25th. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show. And look, it's not going to be a big topic on the show today. I know that there's a lot of stress about is Debo going to play or not. The shoulder, I've been asked about it. Look, folks, he's playing. There's no way you reach this point in the year, and unless you're in the hospital, you're playing. The player plays. I really believe that. I, I just I think that Debo's the kind of guy who's going to get out there. So, you know, if he doesn't, I'll be really surprised. And this is a worse shoulder injury than they're letting on in some point, and they're just trying to mask it. So the Lions got to prepare for him. But if he can in any way possible play, he's going to play. We got a main topic for you today. That main topic is Christian McCaffrey. A few other things to jump into. I've got what's going to be a busy afternoon with some interviews lined up. Uh, I got a few errands that I got to run. So we're not going to waste any of your time today. We're going to hop right in. And our main topic is Christian McCaffrey because McCaffrey was named the offensive player of the year by the pro football writers association. And that's not the big one. The one that's given away during NFL honors week is, is the AP award. So we'll find out, you know, if he wins the mother of all offensive player of the year awards, it feels like the offensive player of the year award is now the um, most likely to be what, what the best way to call it would be the runner up to MVP, right? The MVP has now basically become a contest between quarterbacks and the offensive player of the year is essentially the runner up first runner up non quarterback might have been MVP if that award still went to guys other than quarterbacks and it, it, it should it really should um, and if it were the type of award that went to players other than quarterbacks as you know the world doesn't want to give it to Brock Purdy whatever I'm not going to get in that argument again as we are maybe uh, I don't want to say relaxing standards but making sure that Lamar fits into this MVP conversation just because of his 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 dominance as a football player more than any sort of statistical mastery of the year Maybe it would have been a year where Christian McCaffrey could have been named MVP if they were still giving those things out to running backs, but they aren't. So it looks like offensive player of the year, certainly from the Pro Football Writers Association, is his. It'll probably be that way for the AP. He is the uh, consensus number one all pro at his position. And why not? He was the NFL's rushing yard leader this year at 1,459 yards. He won the scrimmage yards triple crown number one in touches, number one in touchdowns, and of course, number one in yards. Uh, unanimous AP first team all pro, which makes you think, yeah, he's going to win the AP Offensive Player of the Year as well. The only other Niners player to ever be named Offensive Player of the Year, it happened twice before, but only to one guy. Steve Young was named Offensive Player of the Year in 92 and in 94. And again, my curiosity got the best of me thinking like, oh, well, who won the MVP in 92 and 94? Um, in, in 92, it was Steve Young. And in 94, it was Steve Young. You see, f football writers used to behave differently than they do now. They would give the Offensive Player of the Year award also to a quarterback who won MVP. And they kind of walked hand in hand to the point where I think they said, well, it's sort of redundant at this point. Maybe we need to split it up a little. Um, anyway, 
The real difference in how football writers used to vote and now vote was right around Steve Young's MVPs. You had a whole bunch of running backs. Like the year before Steve Young won his first MVP in 92, the MVP of the NFL was Thurman Thomas. The year after, or the year in between 92 and 94, Steve Young MVP seasons was Emmett Smith. Barry Sanders in 97 split the vote with Brett Favre. And by the way, splitting votes, corny. Uh, Terrell Davis in 98 was your NFL MVP. So they used to give these things to guys other than quarterbacks, but that really doesn't happen anymore. But we're not here to look back at voting history. We're here to talk about Christian McCaffrey. And I'm declaring today, well, welcome everyone. Cheers to you. Hit like, hit subscribe, all those good things. I'm just telling you, it's a sip of the day right there. I timed this coffee for the early portion of the show to be right on, and I nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Um, was 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 steeping. The coffee was becoming the coffee that it is right now at about 1030. You get about a few minutes down the road in the you know very insulated thermos. The, the temperature comes up, and we, we all know how it works. Uh, that's a great cup of coffee right there. It's Christian McCaffrey Appreciation Day. As far as I'm concerned, this guy, without exaggeration, without stretching the topic to fit the parameters of this segment, this show, I don't even think it's an exaggeration to say this guy is one of the best football players of our lifetimes. He is all day and all night long special. He can play the position of running back. He can be a slot receiver. If he wanted to just be a wide receiver full time, he could do that probably at an all pro level as well. He is a football player first and foremost. Um, injuries have absolutely stunted some of his career numbers and productions. And, and, and thank God it caused a level of concern enough to where Carolina thought, all right, here's an asset that we'll now consider trading because how much left he has, what he can do for us at this point in our franchise's life cycle, it's worth it to move on from Christian McCaffrey. And thank goodness for the 49ers, that's the conclusion reached by the Carolina Panthers. Um, he has been awarded the Pro Football Writers Offensive Player of the Year. He is deserving of that and more. Uh, he, if we're being really honest, like, I covered Frank Gore at the height of his era with the 49ers, and I don't remember him affecting games in and out quite like Christian McCaffrey does. Ricky Waters, again, Ricky Waters might have been Christian McCaffrey if football had been played a little bit differently in the era in which he played. Ricky Waters was awesome, but um, Christian McCaffrey does less with more than Ricky Waters did. He really does. Christian McCaffrey... Uh, runs to daylight. He can get super skinny. He can get really wide and turn himself into a power back. He's just got all sorts of different styles of running styles. Um, he He's spectacular. Now, I wasn't around for Hugh McElhaney or Joe Perry. And with all due respect to our running back forefathers and truly great Hall of Fame players, I'm going to insist right now, and I'm not even opening up the topic for debate, that modern athletes are better 
than they were in the 50s, early 60s. And so I am holding the era in which those guys played in against them, which is probably unfair, but I'm comfortable doing it because I know enough about human evolution to know that they get bigger, faster, stronger as you go forward. Uh, You don't find the greatest of all time in black and white Grady footage. You really don't. You really don't. Um, Christian McCaffrey let's face it, I think is going to be going to the Hall of Fame one day. Roger Craig, who is the greatest running back, I believe, all time to ever play for the 49ers, is not in the Hall of Fame. I think Christian McCaffrey will get that one leg up on Roger Craig. And if we're being completely honest, there are two games in front of Christian McCaffrey. Can't get to the second one without winning the first one. But the game against the Lions... And then a follow-up performance in a Super Bowl, should they be overwhelming? Christian McCaffrey has an opportunity in the next two weeks to punch his Hall of Fame ticket. I mean, do you imagine? uh, How about this? Do you even have to stretch your imagination to think Christian McCaffrey, should the 49ers win a Super Bowl, would be a viable MVP candidate? You add an MVP of a Super Bowl and a win and a Lombardi trophy to this resume, it's going to Canton. It's going to Canton like that would fill the hole that some injuries in the middle of his career might have left in terms of gaudy, overwhelming career numbers. But his numbers are still very gaudy. Indeed, he had stupid numbers leading up to his season. And this season, he put up even more stupid numbers. I mean, every single week we were ticking off great football Hall of Fame players names who he had either equaled or matched in terms of team touchdowns, overall performance, most amount of you know, two touchdowns in the air, two touchdowns on the ground, not since Mladenian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, you know, guys who are in the Hall of Fame. We were basically wrapping up each and every Christian McCaffrey game with a comparison to some Hall of Fame level performance somewhere back in time. The guy's incredible. Uh, the only case against him would be what? Hasn't done it enough. He's only played 91 career games. But my God, in those 91 career games, he scored 81 touchdowns with over 10,500 yards from scrimmage. That's obviously rushing and receiving combined. More than anything else, more than anything else, and I apologize if you've heard me go down this, this, this thought rabbit hole before, Christian McCaffrey is my NFL version of Kevin Durant. I knew Kevin Durant was a really good basketball player. I even understood that Kevin Durant was on his way to establishing an all-time level of career while he was tucked away in the relative obscurity of Oklahoma City. You know, I didn't watch a lot of Thunder games back then, depended on who they were playing, depended on how often ESPN or uh, TNT wanted to feature them. And I would absolutely watch because Durant and Westbrook together, like there was a lot to watch there. That was a really good team. And all you had to do was watch about eight minutes of Thunder basketball before you walked away like, hey, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things isn't the same. I mean, it was overwhelming how easy Kevin Durant just made everything look and you watched him and you're like, all right, easy money sniper. I get it. This is a this is a really this is, I mean this is the smoothest most effortless 32 points 8 rebounds you're going to see on the basketball court tonight. 
And then, you know, you wouldn't see him until the next time the Oklahoma City Thunder were featured. And then you'd have like, oh, is this Durant guy, he's really, really good. It wasn't until you saw Kevin Durant each and every night that you realized like, oh, this motherfucker is one of the single greatest basketball players of all time. And if we just wanted to rank ease of scoring as our biggest metric for who might be the best, like, holy shit. Like Kevin Durant on an off night is still the best player on this court, not named Steph Curry. Kevin Durant is just to watch him every game, every night, every shift that he took out on that court was to truly appreciate that man's greatness. And it made me bitterly angry at him when he took his performance somewhere else. Like, Kevin, everything that you got going on right here is awesome. Don't walk away. The grass is not greener. He thought the grass would be greener in Brooklyn. And we haven't really seen Kevin Durant mattering in this league beyond his smooth scoring ability in terms of ultimate winning. He's done none of it. None of it. Well, Christian McCaffrey, being Carolina Panther, didn't do a lot of ultimate winning because it was just, uh, you know, that's the way the Panthers were. Um, we saw the Christian McCaffrey highlights. We could see just by the highlights, or you could play a game of Madden, and, you know, you and your buddy, you chose, you know, okay, so we can't use the teams that we normally use. you got to pick a random team here. All right, I'll take the Carolina Panthers because I know that they got Christian McCaffrey, and McCaffrey can get down in this game of Madden. See, we think alike, don't we? Um, to watch Christian McCaffrey game in, game out is to truly appreciate him. That is the comparison point with Kevin Durant. Like, I knew that they were great, but I didn't understand the level of greatness until you saw it each and every game. And Christian McCaffrey, on the, the play that doesn't make the highlight reel, you know, on NFL Network, they didn't show you a mid-first quarter, second and seven, where this guy picks up six yards every single time. Christian McCaffrey went from second and long to third and short, if not picked up the first down, like every single time. It's the, the plays that you don't see in the highlight package are as impressive as the plays you do see in the highlight package. And that to me is just proof positive how special this guy is. Salute to Christian McCaffrey. Next two football games for all 49ers are big, big football games. But for a handful of a few guys, it is the, well, congratulations, you just automatically punched your ticket to Canton. It's the difference between Trent Williams being a Hall of Famer or a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's the difference in George Kittle being what, a Hall of Famer or first ballot Hall of Famer. It's absolutely a difference maker in Christian McCaffrey's Hall of Fame arc, I would believe. And then there are other players who will be considered and discussed and Fred Warner and blah, blah, blah. You know, there's 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 a lot of Nick Bosa, would, you know, there, there's a lot of guys who their Hall of Fame tracks would be officially laid down for them. And now it would be a matter of, well, how long can you play? Can you stay healthy? And it's going to happen. So what a huge couple of weeks coming up. Oh, my God. I love this time of year. Sunday is the best day of football, really, in the entire calendar year. The AFC and NFC championship games cannot wait 
for both. And tomorrow we will be doing a little more uh, looking into what's going on in the AFC title game. Obviously, we've been concentrating on 49ers and Lions, rightfully so. I know who my audience is, and it's great to have all of you in here. Thank you so much. It's great to see so many regulars. Love you guys and gals. You are the absolute best. Uh, thank you very, very much. People are asking, are we going to get to a, uh, a Chase Young Appreciation Day? How about this? You get to Jared Goff two, three times, I'll be happy to host that show. I'll be happy to host that show for Chase Young. He's got to earn it, though. We don't just hand these things out. Uh, thank you, Giants Niner fan. Um, True Blue Forever, again, what is the over-under on chair appearances? Well, there it is right there. See, there's your chair right there. I don't think we're going to have any exclusive interviews. Um, can we get a, uh, a, a piss of the day ourselves? Absolutely. Chef A, as far as I'm concerned, most of my audience is watching this just sitting on the toilet right now. I mean, I know how I consume online videos. I'm assuming it's the same for you. <laughs> um, it is funny. Go back to yesterday's show. Uh, I, you know, this, these are things that you don't get, but because I got the YouTube creator studio, I can go back and look at the metrics and see when the audience was engaging. And, you know, I got this little this line that is ticking up and down of chats of chats, you know, people chatting and then it spikes way up and then comes back down. And you can see exactly in the show where I went to the bathroom and I left it to the chat to host the show. And by the way, you all did a remarkable job. Uh, Carl Kel, uh, uh, Carl Kelsick is a guy who I love. You used to work with at KNBR. Carl Buscheck. It's funny. I got a Carl Kelsick and a Buscheck. Uh, Carl does Buscheck uh, watches every single show, sends me chapters and highlights and things to point out. Uh, he is such a valuable piece of what we do over here on the Plus. And Carl, thank you as always. Um, he was monitoring. He's like, you added a viewer while you were taking a bathroom break. So, you know, maybe more in the future, maybe schedule more of those. I don't know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Who knew it would be such a hit? I'm wondering if Ike knew for a fact that his sandwiches were going to be a hit instantly. You know, it takes an awful lot of guts to go out on your own and open a shop yourself, whether it be a sports show, whether it be a sandwich shop, whether it be anything. To go into business for yourself is a huge test. And to say that Ike is passing this test with flying colors is a massive understatement. And I want you to find out for yourself. By downloading the Ike's Rewards app, there's two reasons to do that. Number one, it's a great way to find out uh, every single restaurant he has, how close it is to you, whether or not they can deliver to you, your office, catering, you and your family ordering sandwiches. It's great. Plus, you start eating your way towards free sandwiches when you become an Ike's Rewards member, you get rewards points. Now you will get rewards points for every point that the 49ers score in the postseason added directly to your account. So don't wait until Monday to sign up for Ike's rewards. Do it now. And you will definitely be earning rewards points unless the 49ers are shut out by the Lions, in which case I guess all of us together are just going to get back here and drink ourselves to death the following day. So we won't need to worry about any rewards points. But, you know, should the 49ers score, every point they score is a rewards point on the Ike's app. The sandwiches are awesome. My man is awesome. You all know this. Get yourself the Ike's rewards app app. Get yourself to mybookie.com and sign up, uh, or excuse me, mybookie.ag 
and sign up with uh, the promo code Damon Bruce. That'll get you 50% off the deposit match. Um, and I'll also let you know if your knees, shoulders are barking at you, you got to contact my guy, Dr. Paul Hughes. Dr. Paul let me know yesterday that he has already had more business generated over here on Damon Bruce Plus than he did when he was advertising at KNBR. And if that isn't a message to all advertisers about the way the world is working now, I think that's all you need to know. We produce better results for our partners than KNBR does. There you go. Um, and to say that we produce better than 95.7, the game is a massive understatement. Again, they're so bad at selling advertising, they had to let a guy like me and Ray Ratto go. Maybe that's their fault. Maybe it's not. We'll get into this a little bit later on, and you'll just stay with me. We'll get to it. But anyways, Dr. Paul Hughes, orthopedicsurgeries.com. If you want to avoid an orthopedic surgery with a cellular replacement therapy, use code word HUNTER to get 50% off this procedure. That is a big chunk of change. His offices are in San Mateo, orthopedicsurgeries.com to avoid an orthopedic surgery. Dr. Paul Hughes, who is uh, signed up for post-game and Damon sponsorships, we give him extra love. And again, we just want to, we see you, Uncle Boys, and we'll talk about you tomorrow in our good for ball, bad for ball segment. Uh, let's see. We don't need to have Chef Amy's can we all take a leak message up during the entire show, but I'm glad it got some run. All right. Welcome back, Jim Harbaugh. Welcome back. The NFL just became more interesting. And you know what? The Los Angeles Chargers just became more dangerous. Jim Harbaugh leaving the Michigan Wolverines and probably a wake of NCAA violations in his rearview mirror, whatever. Got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, and the omelet tasted just like a national championship, so no one's going to give a shit. Um, the, Harbaugh's back. Harbaugh's back in the NFL. How about that? Um 60 years old, Jim is coming back for his second bite at the NFL Apple. And I bet you with Justin Herbert, he's going to have some success. You got three Super Bowl winning coaches in the, well, well, not, well, well, championship level coaches. Jim Harbaugh didn't win a Super Bowl. Niners fans know, but he did win a college championship. Uh, Andy Reid has won a Super Bowl. Sean Payton's won a Super Bowl. They're in the AFC West. What team is coming up in the rear? Oh, it's the Raiders. But I tell you, I like Antonio Pierce, and their lazy Susan decided to settle on Antonio Pierce. I think it's the right choice. He's a 45-year-old young man who had the entire team elevated behind him. And that's why he was elevated from interim to head coach. Antonio Pierce, let's see if he's actually the right guy for the job. The locker room certainly believes that he is. I'm glad that Mark Davis um, has made that decision. Let's see what the Raiders look like under a head coach that the entire team doesn't despise the way that they did the last one. Speaking of despising the last head coach, did you see the Milwaukee Bucks dancing in a conga line pregame? They're very happy Doc Rivers got hired. Anyways, we're talking about the NFL coaching Lazy Susan, and the Tennessee Titans spun their Lazy Susan around, and no one expected 
Brian Callahan to be the guy, right? Brian Callahan, a little bit of a surprise there. Bengals offensive coordinator, the 39-year-old is the Tennessee Titans' new head coach. We got coaches getting hired again, less under under the age of 40. There are a lot of NFL head coaches now younger than I am. Uh, Jared Mayo, the youngest of the bunch. He is 37 years old. He was the man in waiting, uh, behind Belichick in new England. And, you know, Robert Kraft didn't even have to look outside of his own locker room to find him and identify him as the right guy to lead the Patriots going forward. The Panthers with a little bit of a surprising hire 42 year old Dave Canales, uh, who's been Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator. He got the Carolina Panthers job. So obviously he's ready to put up with with all of David Tepper's bullshit and uh, is the right guy to do it at this point in time. Um, That leaves three official openings. The Falcons, the Seahawks, and Commanders are all still looking for coaches. Peter Schrager reported on NFL Network that the Falcons have interviewed Bill Belichick and 13 other candidates. Like, I appreciate thorough. I can also identify you're bad at making a decision. You know, if you have interviewed 10 people for a head coaching job and you think, well, it's time for us to look at at least another two. I don't know about your list. Now, I also appreciate wanting to put together a list of young up-and-coming head coaches, even if you are going to hire Bill Belichick, because if you even do hire Bill Belichick... How long is Bill Belichick going to be your head coach? Four, five years tops before he says, thanks, everybody. I got the NFL wins record. I mean, maybe with the Atlanta Falcons, he won't get that. Let's see. Can Bill Belichick overcome the Atlanta Falcons in anything other than a Super Bowl? (laughs) That's a team that certainly takes a lot of talented people and is like, you're not going to win anything. So we'll find out. Seahawks still could be anybody's guest. Commanders still could be anybody's guest. Maybe they can ask the Falcons about all the people that they've interviewed. Maybe they got a tip or two. By the way, it feels like Kyle Shanahan's been doing this a really long time, right? Just wrapped up year seven. I mean, my God, how old's he got to be now? He's got to be getting closer to 50, right? Nope. Nope. Not even in the neighborhood yet. Kyle Shanahan just turned 44 years old. In December. So he's still a very young man. He's four years younger than me, goodness sakes. I it's it's a young man's game. But 60-year-old Jim Harbaugh is back in the game. It doesn't look like Bill Belichick is going to get out of the game. So interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. And you know, the three coaching vacancies, maybe they're waiting for the teams that are still alive to bow out. Um, We have officially found something that I think can be identified as the worst contract in football this year based on what you got for the return of investment. If Brock Purdy officially represents the single greatest value in football, and this isn't about MVP, but this is about value. Brock Purdy inserted himself into an MVP conversation and is in his second straight NFC title game, and he's being paid a dollar amount that is so minuscule, it doesn't even register in the team's cap number. Brock Purdy makes an awful lot of money compared to folks like you and me, but compared to starting quarterbacks, 
he is a um, he's a beggar sleeping under a bridge in terms of compensation. Um, so Brock Purdy, a guy who's you know got a team sixty minutes away for a Super Bowl, is being paid nickels and dimes in comparison to just look look at it this way: look at what Jared Goff makes, look at what Patrick Mahomes makes, and look at what Lamar makes. So the value is unbelievable. Worst value in all of football. We have to, and again, I you know, I used to really like Ambassador Von Miller. Von Miller's a hell of a football player. Uh, what kind of guy he is is certainly to be discussed. He's opened himself up for who are you and no one's looking conversations um, since he was arrested this year. Not charged with, but arrested for assaulting his pregnant girlfriend. And all people are innocent until proven guilty. And again, he hasn't been charged. So I don't know if this goes forward officially or not. But beyond that, Vaughn Miller was paid by the Buffalo Bills $14.9 million this season and finished with zero sacks and five tackles in the 14 games that he played for the Buffalo Bills. That is $2,980,000 Per tackle. $2,980,000 per tackle. You could get three Brock Purdies on your roster for every tackle that Von Miller made. You can afford Von, you can afford three Brock Purdies in the cost of one Von Miller tackle. That's it. And still have money left over, by the way. <laughs> have money left over, about $400,000. So, unbelievable. Uh, what, a, what a waste of money he was. And look, again, he says he's innocent, but, you know, I'm guessing the vast majority of you have never been accused of beating a pregnant woman by anyone. And by the way, keep it up. That's a really nice trend to follow. You want to be on that side of the conversation. How many pregnant women have accused you of hitting them? None. I can't. Do I want to talk about? All right, let's just quickly talk about the Warriors. And then we'll get into a couple of other things. Um. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for feeling a little bit normal when that game ended and feeling happy about how it ended. They beat the the Hawks last night. Really nice to see the game from Jonathan Kaminga that he played last night. He is getting more and more confident. You can see it. Uh, Trading Jonathan Kaminga would be absurd. You hold on to that guy. There is a real NBA player and the best athlete on this team is Jonathan Kaminga, and he is coming into his own. Maybe it was the haircut. He got trimmed up, got cleaned up. Um, really good game out of Kaminga. Really good game from the Warriors. And I'm glad that they played well, you know, to remember their their fallen assistant coach whose family was in the building at Chase. And I, look, I don't know if there's any right way or wrong way to go about this, but they kept the camera on that poor woman way too long, and I don't think 
that that was the right way to go. I mean, I don't know. I, if How about this? If I were in charge of last night's game, we would have covered that pregame ceremony, but we wouldn't have tried to just overcover it. Um, I, I thought that it was a, a bit intrusive and uncomfortable, and that poor woman, um, it was sad. It was really, really sad. And then a fo- and then, and then a, a basketball game happened, and hopefully this is a step in the Warriors feeling normal again and playing better basketball, and they'll get another chance at playing better basketball. They don't have to wait long this evening. Sacramento Kings coming to Chase Center, so. Uh, let's see what the Warriors and Kings do tonight. Kings are off to a much better start than the Warriors are, but whenever the Kings usually see Warriors jerseys, something goes wrong for Sacramento. We'll see. Um, but it was nice to just see this, this team be able to make it about basketball after going through such a a traumatic thing for everyone involved. And you can see that they're not, you know, they're not, they're not hanging out and this was hard on us. You could tell that that was hard on the team. Again, it's one thing to hear someone died. It's another thing entirely to be in the room with death. And they were. Um, Sadly, In the Room with Death could be the name of a book written about modern media these days. It was a real tough week for media. And I know a lot of people think, "Well, well, I don't care. You know, a lot of media is a bunch of liars and, you know, you, like you've bought whatever's been sold to you by a lot of people. And maybe some of what you think and su- be, or you're suspicious of is right. You know, you, you, you should be suspicious of things. Don't let anyone do your thinking for you. But the tool that is media is an incredibly valuable tool if we want to preserve democracy, if we want to hold those in power accountable. And it's usually the underpaid journalist doing the legwork to conduct the investigation that often turns into the big headline of somebody got caught doing something they shouldn't have been doing. And without journalists doing their job, well, how about this? If you wanted to offer corruption, The best head start in the race, eliminate the media. Eliminate the media. That's why one party, by the way,'s entire mantra is media bad. But I don't want to get political. But it was a brutal week for the media, which means it's a bad week for everyone. And this goes far beyond just the layoffs at Sports Illustrated. The LA Times in the last week, let over 100 people go. That's more than 20% of its newsroom. Pitchfork Media had rounds of layoffs. That's a whole bunch of music news. National Geographic had its cutbacks. Time Magazine laid off 15% of its staff. 8% of Business Insider was let go this morning. It ain't good. And the reason why it's not going to get better anytime soon. It's because all of these media companies are operated by a journalism second, profit first conglomerate that is only using media to push money through an equation. And they found out that money doesn't push through this equation quite like it used to. So in order to represent profit, we're just going to go ahead and fire parts of the equation that make too much money. And it's just, it's a snake eating its own tail. 
Um, what is best for the reader? What is best for journalism? What is best for information? What is best for stories? Well, you know, words will never be considered again. These massive corporations owning newsrooms in the name of profit, they find it much easier to gut within than to innovate or, God forbid, take a quarterly loss in the name of we'll figure this out somewhere down the road. Um, it's very, very sad. And it's very dangerous as well for all of us that media is being squashed. Squashed to the point where, you know, when I was a kid, if you said something out loud like, I want to be a journalist, like that was almost regarded as like, okay, that's like a teacher or a, a firefighter. Like there's a noble endeavor in that. And that's good. I'm telling you right now, if either Jack or Ozzy said to me, Dad, I want to be a journalist, I'd tell him, that's that's great, but I don't want you to be because there's no future in it. And if there's no future in something that is very, very important. That's a bad thing to be selling the next generation of they aren't even going to be interested in being journalists. It's sad. And then when you look at, you know, AI and uh, it's just I'm, I'm worried and you should be as well. I'm worried and you should be as well. I want to welcome Wes Jameson, who in the last minute has signed up to become a member of the Initiated. Thank you very, very much, Wes. Appreciate you. Thank you for supporting our little slice of independent, lowercase j, journalism over here. Uh, again, memberships get you one-on-one uh, -on -one videos with, with, with Bain. They'll put you in some videos with Sports Bain. Um, but really, it is an avenue to support this channel. And I thank you very, very much for for committing what is the cost of, uh, you know, a, a large mocha to supporting what I'm building over here with Jillian's helping me build and supporting my family. Thank you very, very much. Now, if you don't want to become a member of the initiated, maybe you just train in the dark. You were not born into it. That's cool too. Like, and subscribe. That helps an awful lot. To like and subscribe, hit notify. Thank you so much for doing so. What a cool community we got. It really is something special. And all I can tell you is that uh, we've gotten to know, I've gotten to know so many of you over here that I felt terrible yesterday when I saw at the very end of the show as we had gone dark that I had missed an awful lot of notifications that yesterday was Rockin' New Era 84's birthday. And as you know, for my OGs, we celebrate a birthday, and Rockin' New Era 84 is certainly one of them. So better a day late than not at all, which means here at 11.39 a.m. on Tuesday, January 25th, in the year of our Lord, 2024, no matter when you're watching me, it's still morning over here on the West Coast, but that's not going to prevent us from taking a birthday shot. Bottle pull for Rockin' New Air 84. Happy birthday, brother. Mm. <laughs> I'm home alone today. I can drink.
All right. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you so very much for supporting what we're doing. Uh, it means an awful lot. Tomorrow, Friday morning, wake up. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger, we're going to be at it at 8 a.m., going deep into 49ers and Lions. Uh, Sports Phone Friday happening at 11 a.m. West Coast time here on the Plus. So get up your courage right now. Tomorrow, I want to take more calls in our Sports Phone Friday than we ever have. Last week was good. I want this week to be even better. I will have the link for you to join me in the chat tomorrow on Friday, and I hope to hear from you then. In the meantime, to everyone listening on the podcast, thank you so very much, and I just need to remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.